Are you ready to build a business with consistent income and have time left to spend with your family? In Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the strategies to create exactly what you want in your business and in your life. Now, here's your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson. And today, oh, I have such an exciting show planned for you. So the topic is letting go of control and mastering the art of surrender. Letting go of control and mastering the art of surrender. So if all we did was say the title and you hear those words and you're reminded that control, the opposite of that is surrender, that would be beneficial for you today. We could end the show actually right here. And all you heard was letting go of control and mastering the art of surrender. If that's all you heard, you would be set up for success. You would actually have learned something. So we're not going to do that. We're not going to end the show right now. But if we did, knowing that just us thinking about letting go of control and us thinking about the art of surrender, that that is beneficial for us. So when we know that, if it's that simple, then why do we make it so hard? That's the question that's always on my mind because that is what we're speaking into today is one of my biggest challenges. So this is me being totally vulnerable, but saying that control as someone who enjoys creating, as somebody who enjoys entrepreneurship and and really the art of creating something from nothing, whether it's a a business, a craft, I love seeing something come from nothing. I was working on a a blanket the other day. It's like one of my secrets. I don't know if I share this or not, but when my hands are busy, when I've got something in my hands and I'm doing something, then my mind can be quiet. Okay, so when my hands are busy, my mind can be quiet. And my husband's birthday was a few weeks ago. And so I decided a long time ago, I knew how to crochet like uh, with yarn and uh, you know, a little, looks like a stick, but anyway, a needle. And I learned how to crochet. This was like my grandma knew, my mom knew, and I wasn't that great at, at crocheting. I actually made this pot holder. So this was probably maybe the first month that I was learning. I was at my grandma, she was on this farm. So it's like the setting for crocheting. I think, I think it's a perfect setting if that's it, a farmhouse, middle of nowhere, Indiana, it was beautiful. And we're, I'm learning how to crochet. I think it was in high school. And I'm making this pot holder. And a pot holder really, it's going to be either square or a rectangle. Mine looked like a bell, but I didn't intend for it to be a bell. I actually intended for it to be a, a square, but it turns out as this bell. And so she, my grandma was very kind. <laughs> and I'm sure she was laughing, but she hung it on her uh, doorway. So it became this decoration in the house. And for years and years, I would go to her house and it would be hanging up. And I would remember my very first experience of making this bell that was supposed to be a potholder. So anyway, I have this experience. It's great. And I kind of put crocheting on the side. I've done a few other things. I made a few blankets and some other stuff. And uh, then life happened and I had kids and I really hadn't picked it up or done anything with it. And I decided that I was going to make my husband a blanket. And so I get this yarn, I'm really, I'm excited. And, it, and it's something that I spent maybe a month on here and there, a couple hours. So at night we'd, we'd watch TV or the kids would go to bed or you know whatever it is. And I'd sit down and I'd work on this blanket and his birthday came and went. His birthday was on a Friday and the blanket was not done. So he could see the blanket. It wasn't a surprise. He knew I was working on this blanket. And then Saturday and Sunday, I, I worked really hard on this. And on Sunday, I finished the blanket. And I hand him his blanket and it's, it's almost a perfect rectangle. But if you look really close, it's like a Monet. It's 
for any of you that haven't heard that reference before, a Monet, like the famous painter Monet, the, the Monet paintings, uh, I studied art history in college, by the way. Okay, so Monet paintings, when you look really, really close at them, they are a mess. You can't actually see and appreciate the painting until you step back. And when you look at it from a distance, you can see the art for what it is. And so when something looks really great from a distance, but not up close, we call that a Monet. Okay, so my, my blanket looks like a Monet. And it is, uh, it's really, looked really nice. And it had the calming colors of an ocean and kind of a ripple effect to it. So anyway, this blanket is really cool. I'll, I'll post a picture somewhere. You'll see my blanket. But anyway, so I make this blanket and I decide like, this is, you know, this is exciting. It's something that, that calms my mind. And, and my husband, I'm not sure he really cared about the blanket, but he loved that I was calm and that I enjoyed it. So he gladly accepted this blanket. So anyway, that is when you understand what it is that calms you, when you're not in control of something, you just truly are in that flow state, that is surrender. So that is surrender. And what I realized about surrender is that surrender is, is, is not exhausting. Surrender is actually very freeing and it's energetic. It's something that you get a lot of energy when you surrender. But oftentimes we're in resistance, which is where that control comes in. We're in resistance and resistance is exhausting. So when you're fighting what's naturally coming up for you, when you're fighting your life, when you're fighting everywhere around you, when you have fight, you're exhausted. So I made the mistake a few years ago. I said, <laughs> I said, my gosh, surrender is so exhausting. And my mentor, she says to me, surrender is not exhausting. You have it wrong. What does she mean? She says, resistance is exhausting. Surrender is freeing. Resistance is exhausting. Surrender is freeing. And so when I realized the distinction in that, whenever I felt the exhaustion in my body, I, I knew that I was resisting in some way. When you're in resisting, you're controlling. You're controlling the outcome, we believe. So something we tell ourselves. But we're not really because we don't control anything. So, so when we actually, whenever you feel that exhaustion set in, it's a signal that you're resisting something. And so then you get to say, well, what am I resisting? So it's not, you don't, you don't want to fight it, but if you're exhausted, it's because somewhere along the line you're resisting and you get to look into that and dig in and say, well, where am I actually resisting? Because the art of surrender is actually freeing. So think about this. I know I've done this demonstration before. If you're watching on, on TV through binge, you can actually see me do this through the, the, the live TV stream. But if you're listening on the radio, you'll just listen to my words on how I do this. But if you have your, your fist, you clench it really, really tight. Okay, So your muscle is actually exhausted because you're clenching it. And you can feel your fingernails dig into your palm because you're so tight. And so that this is how long can you hold your fist really tight? Like probably not that long because it's just, it gets tiring. So now I want you to start opening up your hand. So open it up really slowly. Like, I don't, those feelings that I'm getting, I don't really even want to open my hand because it's painful to open it. Okay. So I'm opening it up and I'm really slowly. So I started when I said, open your hand, and I'm really only about, I don't know, half of an inch. My fingers open, they're not open very wide and I'm still going and Oh, my fingers actually hurt to stretch them out, but I'm working on it. I'm, I'm getting there. This is really slow and I'm getting there. And so now I'm halfway, I'm halfway where I could clench my fist or I could go halfway back to, go, go to open to a full open. So my question is, which one do I want to actually do right now? 
So if you're in resistance, it's actually more comfortable for you to go back to what you know, which would be clenching your fist. But if you're, if you're thinking about the art of surrender, you want to go full out because you know, you're in the messy middle right now. It's really painful. And so you don't want to, you don't want to move, but hold, you can't hold right here. This is painful. So you get to choose. Are you going to go into that resistance? So you're going to close your fist back up, or are you going to go to surrender, which means opening your, your palm, opening your fingers all the way? Well, me, I'm going to choose today, surrender. You know, tomorrow or yesterday, I might've chosen resistance, which means my fist would have gone to close, but today I'm choosing surrender. So I open up my fingers the rest of the way and slowly. And hear what I just said in that, that choosing surrender. So it is a choice. It is a choice. So here I go. I'm opening it. Oh my gosh, you guys. Hope you're doing this with me because I want you to witness the pain. That's cruel. I'm actually asking you to be in pain. It's not very nice, is it? Okay, here I am. All my fingers are almost all the way out. And they're actually, they're, they're hurting. They really do hurt because they're so used to being clenched because I clenched them for a little while. All right, I'm almost there. I'm going to go all the way out. So now my palm is all the way out. And you know what? I'll tell you, it feels really good now to have it all the way open and out. And the difference between the clenched fist and all the way out is the difference between control and surrender. So when it's tight, when you're holding it together and you're realizing how much effort you're putting to clenching this fist, that is how much resistance you are putting into control. And the reality is what can you actually control? So what in your world can you control? In our businesses, and our life, like we think, oh, we can control our employees. We can control the things around us. But the reality is that's not a thing. You can't actually control anything or anyone because control is just a state of mind. So if we know that we can't control anybody, then we're just having these kind of fake attempts and we tell ourselves that we can, but underneath control. So why, why do we even want to control underneath that is a fear. It's a fear. And so really what we get to dig into is what are we afraid of? So I went through this process. Like I told you, this is my biggest area. I get to look at where do I want to control? Well, it's a fear for me. It's not a fear of failure. I'm totally fine with failing. I have a harder time with success than I do with failure, which means that I have a fear of success. So if I have a fear of success, it means that what would it be like if I get to be this big star, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that you really want. And so I'll give you an example for me. And I want you to think about the example for you. But one of the things that I really want, I get to create, I'm putting this out here into the world. I get to speak on a $15,000 stage. It's not about the money. It's that what I've told myself of what a $15,000 stage represents. One, the, the messaging and the branding gets to be spot on. Okay, when I'm on a stage where somebody's paying me $15,000 to step onto that stage, it means the quality of the message I get to land is so succinct and direct that's showing where I'm at. And the audience participation at that level where I'm telling myself is that it's great. So I'm thinking the stage is going to be incredible. And, and remember, the stage doesn't have to look like the audience is sitting in chairs in front of me. The stage could look a lot of different ways, totally unattached to what it looks like. But I'm excited about what that opportunity looks like. Now, I know a lot of people have already achieved this, and there's lots of people that want to achieve it or haven't even dreamed of achieving it yet. So I'm probably somewhere in the middle of that. And I'm stepping onto stages at, at $10,000, at $7,500, those stages. So it's not like I'm at zero. Okay. So, so this.
So it's so beautiful that we're in the same club. It makes it really easy for us to see where we get to go next. And so lone wolfers are people that generally think they're creators and think I can do it myself and go far, or I can figure out how to work with people, other people. And I know I could probably go further, but it'll take me a lot longer. Okay. So then we say, oh, we'll just do it ourselves. We know we won't go as far, but Hey, that's okay. It's cool. And we trick ourselves into thinking, but I bet we really can go further. The reality is working as a team gets us to go a lot faster and a lot further. So that's about teamwork and how we get to work, how we get to create these incredible environments. And that's another show. That's another show. And today it is about surrender and the art of control, giving up control. And so we can have the art of surrender. So think about that. For me to get on a stage, putting it out there is surrender. It's being willing to look bad or to be messy, to say, I haven't got it figured out yet, but wow, wouldn't that be cool when that happens? And now I'm opening up the space where we can all celebrate together and move forward in that goal together. So so part of the art of surrendering is really allowing yourself to be messy. And when we're in that middle at that hand exercise, we just went, when we're in the middle of it, we're halfway and we're deciding, are we going to go back to the control? Or are we going to release to surrender? We're really deciding, like, are we okay being in the messy? And here's the reality, guys. We've all been through 2020. I don't, I don't need to sit here and tell you about what it was like in 2020 and those of you who listen to the show, you know my world, but the reality is you have your own world that's been equally as messy or maybe even more so in your own way. And so the reality is that 2020 was a thing for all of us. And the people that navigated 2020, like all of us, that's all of us, we navigated it in a way that uh, we made it. Because long if you're hearing this message, you made it. So let's all cheer like, yay, we all made it. And what are we doing in 2021 to create a world that is, is indicative of who we are and what we want? That's the conversation. I'm running this five-day challenge right now through what our company is core built. And the challenge is all about how we bring employees back to the workplace. Because you want to, let me, I'll let you in on something. You want to see a shit show, watch the next year corporate employees, corporate entities bringing employees back. Uh, that is one of the biggest challenges. So we're going to dig into this. I, uh, not about, we don't need to get into the details about that, but why it's a challenge. We're going to dig into some of the different reasons of, of where that control is happening and where the art of surrender gets to apply to that. So enjoy this. We're going to want a quick break. Enjoy this quick break. Cause when we get back, we got, I got all kinds of stats. Actually, Analyzer Kathleen came up with lots of stats for you guys today. So enjoy this quick break. You're listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be back shortly. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central 
9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Risa. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson. And today we've been talking all about getting rid of control and mastering the art of surrender. Getting rid of control and mastering the art of surrender. And so surrender is like, it's not about raising the white flag and saying, I am weak. Surrender is actually not weak. It's one of the most powerful things we can experience in life. It's really trusting. And so for those of us that understand that beneath control, which is really what we cover up, uh, we cover up either fear or something else that's deep-seated. And so one of the things I, I want to talk about, and we teed it up right before the break, was about what's happening in corporate America. And really, I'm just using that as an example. It's really what's happening in America. So I'll share with you this weekend, actually was uh, shopping. So on Saturday, I went, my kids needed clothes. They're growing so fast. And so I went to the mall and I'm in a, in a really great mood. I'm feeling really great. And I'm switching lanes. So from uh, there's, a, I'm on the street lane road and I go from the middle to the left lane. And I realized that this is totally me. I, I went at a slower pace than I normally would have. I just wasn't in a hurry and there was traffic and I moved what, what normally I would have just moved over to the next lane and maybe would have been one second shift. I really took probably twice as long. So it was maybe two seconds. So turn my turn signal on, look to see if anybody was there. Nobody was there. And I move over and over and over. And then I land in my lane. And so it was probably that fast, but normally I just would have made the move. And I, there was a guy behind me. And as I was almost done with the move, he laid on his horn and passes me and he went straight past me. So it was like he had to go into the other lane to pass me. And he flicks me off, but for like five seconds, I mean, way longer than the entire experience took to show his anger. And you know, I really have nothing on it. I'm not mad about it. I, I, it was a great example of where we're at as a, as a community, as a world. There's so much anger so much anger. And so I could have easily been triggered by that. And there's probably time in my life, I'm sure that I have been triggered by situations like that. And perhaps you can think of one that might trigger you or what would happen if that happened to you. I get that I, I clearly took longer than I normally would have to pass into another lane. So I get that I created the experience where he felt whatever he felt, and then he reacted to it. So the challenge isn't that we create these things, it's how we choose to react to the situations that are around us. And so what I know to be true is that there are four ways of, of our being. So there's, there's four different types of well-being. 
There's the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the social. The physical, the mental, the emotional, and social. And so what's happening in the world right now? Like we can, we can believe that we can control any of these, but what's happening is that these four are a little off kilter, each one of them, but let's just look in one area. So the physical area, for example. So, so think about this, all right? I actually, I told you I brought stats. I went and got my sheet of paper so that I didn't have to memorize them. So <laughs> here are my stats. So in the last year, the American Psychological Association, so this is US numbers, but they're, they're pretty indicative of the world. So the American Psychological Association, they did this study and they released it on the one-year lockdown, one-year COVID date. So on March 16th, which is one year where we've been in, in a pandemic. So the World Health Organization described the pandemic as starting to March 16th of 2020. So this was released on March 16th of 2021. So they said that they, they completed a survey and asked the average American how, much, how many had gained weight in the past year. And so think about that. What percentage of Americans, again, this is indicative of the whole world, but we're using a study that was done in the US, what percentage gained weight? Okay, so just think about that. All right, the answer is 61%. 61% with the average American saying that they gained 29 pounds over the last year. 29 pounds. So think about that. 61% of Americans gained weight. Well, we gain weight because of stress and a lot of other factors, but the average American adult is putting on, put on 29 pounds and, and just know that an 11 pound weight gain. Okay. So just an 11 pound weight gain can significantly increase your odds of stroke or cardiovascular issues. Okay. So 11 pounds alone, but we're saying that in the last year, 61% of Americans gained weight with the average weight gain of 29 pounds. So now all of a sudden our physical health has changed significantly. And as Americans, we already were obese. We already had bad statistics. Our, our health was not in the best of shape prior to going to COVID. Now we're in a state where the average American has gained 29 pounds this year. So just the physical state alone is having challenges. And we know that when one area of the well-being is shifted, all of them get to be shifted. So then now here's an even greater statistic. One in 10 Americans over the past year gained more than 50 pounds during the pandemic. One in 10 Americans gained more than 50 pounds during the pandemic. I mean, like, think about this. So you have the pandemic, but then you have a, a, another issue with overall weight, which is a symptom of a lot of other challenges. So we got some big, big roads ahead. So now we've had all of these employees who were at home, who went through all of these challenges and with, with kids and the pandemic and stress. And now we're getting vaccinations or we're getting to a point where we can start to get back together. So again, this is here in the United States and I live in Iowa. So it's even a different view. I live in one of the few states in the United States where we are free and open, where some of the other states aren't that way. And then we've got Canada, which is in lockdown right now. We've got, we've got Europe and every different scenario that you could invent there. So these are all going to be different scenarios, but that's exactly the point is that there's not a lot of consistency. And what we know to be true is that when there's not consistency, there is uncertainty, okay? So when you're on consistency, you have uncertainty. And when you have uncertainty, you have discomfort. 
And we don't, as a general population, we don't like to live in discomfort. We don't put ourselves in positions where we want to be in discomfort. That's something that we can train. It's something that you can get comfortable with. So a lot of the work that I do is really training people on being comfortable in discomfort. But I get that the most of the people in the world, like that's not the state they live in. And that's okay. But what we get to realize is that that discomfort is what's creating ways to soothe. Okay. So food is a way to soothe. Hence the weight gain statistics I just gave you. Uh, the you know, alcohol is a way to soothe. Drugs is a way to soothe. You, you've seen the suicide rate has gone up significantly. Meds are a way to soothe. So the level of depression and anxiety have risen significantly. So you see all these different challenges that are coming out. And the big question is, you know, were they always there or maybe, maybe not. It's a whole other conversation we could have, but the reality is that all these things are going on. And now that workplaces are opening back up, we're bringing them into the office. But yet we're not equipped in offices to be able to support this. This is something it didn't really, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't conversations that we're having. And now all of a sudden we're bringing this into the office, but the companies that are saying, well, here we're going to do our work and everything else, emotional, physical, mental, social, those things happen outside of work. So don't bring them in here. Those aren't the companies that are going to thrive. So we get to teach companies how to, and by companies, I mean, executives and managers and leaders, how to really understand the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the social needs, because they're all coming back in because we're humans. I mean, we're, we're, we're human beings. We are not human doings. We're not doobies. We're not like, we're not people that are walking in and saying, I'm going to do my work. That's all I'm going to do. No, like we have, we're still in a pandemic. We're still in these states of uncertainty. And so so what I'm seeing is that there's a lot of companies that want to control the outcome. They want to make it just like it was before. Well, two years ago, people were in the office and it was fine. And so we're going to go back. I even had a company, I was talking with an executive and he says, she says, well, we're going to bring all of our employees back in and then we'll decide which ones can can do some kind of remote working if it's 50% or 25% or full, but everybody gets to come back in first. And great, I have no judgment on that. And is that really what's supportive for employees or is that what's supportive for the organization? So are they meeting their employees where they're at? Well, if employees are our most valuable asset, which I believe they are, if employees are our most valuable asset, how we treat them in this transition is critical is critical, which brings me to my next stat. Okay, so when there's this company, uh, Microsoft, maybe you've heard of them, <laughs> the Microsoft Work Trends Index, they reached out to 30,000 people, so employees and employers, and they said to the, to the company side, he said, how many of you think your company is doing well right now? Like you guys are in a good position, your employees are happy, like your company's doing well. The answer was 61%. So 61% of the companies surveyed the executives, they said, our companies are doing well. We've, we've made it through this far. We're doing well. Yet, when you actually look at the employees, when they were surveyed and they asked this question and said, how many of you are looking for a new job? How many of you are looking for a new job? 41% said they were. 41% said they were looking for a new job, would take a new job today, which means, whoa, wake up. We've got a real problem. 
41% of our employees could shift in a moment, yet 61% of companies are saying we're doing well. Where are the blinders on? Where are we controlling the outcome and not seeing what's actually happening? Where are we blind to reality? Where are we saying, hey, it's all good and painting this rose-colored environment when the reality is our employees are suffering. They are challenged right now. They are crying out, literally crying out in workplaces. I have heard more reports of people walking into offices, breaking down, in tears, overwhelmed, not knowing how to move forward because of their challenges with, their, with the stress levels. So we've got people that have put on weight, the people that are more anxious, we've got, we're bringing them back into the environment. And yet there are still employers that are saying, hey, that's cool, deal with that at home between 5 p.m. and 10 p.m. Oh, and deal with your kids. Oh, and feed them. And and now their practices are back to order. And, And by the way, they could still get sick because they're not vaccinated. Holy crap, that's a lot. That's a lot. And so I understand why 41% are saying, I'll, I'll move a job in a second. But here's the thing. It's not the job. The job is the piece I'm going to control. There's other factors underneath that. And they're saying, maybe it's the job. Maybe it's the job. But here's the silver lining. We, as executives, as, as employers, we can smooth this process out for the employees and we can really support them. So we're going to talk more about that here when we get back from the break. We're going to go on this short break. You're listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. So enjoy this quick break. I'll talk to you in just a second. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses you will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson. And today we've been talking all about letting go of control and mastering the art of surrender, letting go of control and mastering the art of surrender. And so we've been talking for the last 30 minutes about this topic and specifically right before we went on break about what it's like returning to work in this moment. One of my clients, he's an executive at a large company. I have about a thousand employees. And one of the things that he was saying was that in his schedule, he gets to intentionally add a lot of time for chit chat. So typically he wouldn't necessarily be a chit chatter, but the amount of texts and calls and people stopping into his office just to have a few words, like they are craving this connection. And so he says, you'll never believe it, but I actually 
in order to get work done, I got to go home. I actually got to go to my office at home. So he's been really excited for the day where he gets to get back in his office to work. And it finally came and he was so excited. And then the employees came back and now he's realizing that in order to be productive, he gets to go work from home. So it's this really weird dynamic that's going on right now. And the biggest piece is understanding that there is no right or wrong. We've never been here before. And the difference between managing and leading, like managing is saying, this is how you do this task. And I'm going to teach you how to do this task. But leading is walking through a place that we've never been before and creating the pathway. And because we've never come out of a pandemic, because in our lifetime, we've never been in a pandemic like this, that there's no way to manage our way out of this. We can only lead through it, which means that there is no right or wrong. There is nobody that's doing this whole pandemic return uh, reintegration piece right, and there's nobody that's doing it wrong. So we get to eliminate those words from our vocabulary. So as we're working on this, this five-day challenge with the return to work, a lot of the things that are coming up is... Number one, we just get to figure out where we're at. So the survey becomes a really important tool. I know a lot of companies that are using those like, and they're focusing on the logistics. So when do you want to come back? What date? What would have to happen? What would the spacing look like of desks? And so they've got all the logistics down. But there's a whole other element from the emotional and the social and the mental and the physical side that we also get to address because those are things that are actually going to be equally as important as making sure that the social distancing is there. By the way, I just heard a stat the other day. I don't know if it's true or not, because who knows that social distancing is no longer six feet, it's three feet. So I don't know, uh, but okay. So if that's getting out there, it's really hard to, to know what facts to believe. And we can lean into science and we can lean into all that research. But the reality is that we're moving at such a fast pace as we're talking about reintegration plans. When we create one today, tomorrow it will be irrelevant. And so we really are just doing the best that we can. We're doing the best that we can, which is exactly what our employees are. But you can't help it that they're bringing in some of these emotional and these mental and these social and then, and then the weight gain, like it's just coming with them. So the world isn't going to look like it did a year ago. There is no returning to where we've gone. There's only creating what we're moving forward. There's creating the space that we're moving forward. So one of the things you want to talk about is that whole 41%, 61% statistic that we were talking about. So that, that means that 61% of employers think that their companies are doing really well, but 41% of employees would leave in any given moment. So there's a, there's a dichotomy there. And the reason for that has to do with how we receive feedback. Okay, how we receive feedback. So when you look at physical, mental, emotional, and social as the four ways of being, we're talking about the emotional side right now and how we receive feedback. So think about this. Think about something that happened this weekend. So I'm just going to use this as an example for all of you. Let's, mine was the car scenario. I told you I was switching lanes and then the guy flicked me off. How we react. So I want you to be the guy in the car that flicked me off. Okay. So where this weekend did something happen to you that you got frustrated, that you had anger over? Think about that. What's that moment for you? 
So you had anger over something. You erupted in some way. There was probably something. And if you don't have it for this weekend, think about last week. And if you're saying, wow, gosh, I just really don't have anger. I acknowledge you. It's awesome. There are, that is a high level of emotional intelligence. And so it's totally possible that that's where you're at. And for the, for the purposes of this demonstration, just pick a scenario where someone else might've been angry or be the person in the car that flipped me off. That's cool. Okay. So think about that scenario. Well, there's the people that get really frustrated about that. And then there's the people that do something about it. But the, the person that actually flicked off, he didn't just sit in the car and stew about it. He actually rolled down his window to stick his hand out for five seconds. So he actually created some kind of motion. This is why when you think about uh, people that would punch other people or the, the yelling fits that happen with kids, especially you see that with kids, they, they, they yell, but then they let it out and then it just moves forward. Such a really healthy, as long as it's safe, they let it out so they don't bottle it up and shove it down. As adults, we tend to bottle it up and shove it down. So because we bottled up and shoved it down so far and built up and up and up and up on all of this, that we have a lot of anger. So, so the littlest things can trip us up and could get us really frustrated. So when you see people uh, like anger management, for example, when you see people that are going to anger management, it's not that there was one thing. It was that there was a series over years. They bottled up their anger. They didn't share it. And now it's just spilling out. It's like a tea kettle that uh, when it gets too hot and then it makes that noise, like, you know, I'm going to do it for you really because you guys know what a tea kettle sounds like. But when that tea kettle goes off, you can't stop it unless you turn the heat off. But then as soon as you turn the heat back on, the tea kettle goes again. So what you, what you have to do is you have to empty the tea kettle. You got to take the water out, which means you got to let those emotions out, which is the messy middle. And most of us don't want to live in the messy middle. Remember the hand halfway, you don't want to live there. It's uncomfortable. So we just go right back to controlling it and it just spills out and we live in anger and frustration and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so what we're going to, I'm going to teach you this trick here on, and what it really is the equivalent to is lifting the teapot lid and getting the water out. Okay. So. So we're thinking about, in this case, feedback. So that's one way to let the water out. It's when you give feedback, but you want to give feedback in a neutral way. You don't want to give feedback when you're ah, you know, like all mad or you have their fingers sticking out the window. Like, that is feedback, but it's, that's not supportive. That's not supportive. So what is feedback? It's just information. It's all it is. So who decides the value of feedback? Well, if people are giving me feedback, I get to decide it. I can give feedback all I want to other people, but they're the only ones that can decide if it's valuable or not to them. Valuable to me to release, but then it's about me. So when we're really focusing on another person, we want to deliver a message that'll land so they can receive it as feedback. So if I want to be neutral on something, I want to actually receive this information. I get to give it in a way where I'm calm. So number one, like just uh, (laughs) as much as I want to give feedback when I'm mad, it just, it won't ever land. It's like me when I talk about that $15,000 stage I want to stand on. If I gave up and gave a speech, I stood up on that stage. I gave a speech while I was angry. It it wouldn't land because all people would be thinking about is why is she so angry? Why is she so angry all the time? So they wouldn't hear the words that I'm saying because they'd be focusing on anger. And that's what happens when we give feedback, when we're not in a neutral space, we're not calm. So, so number one, I get into a calm space. The second thing is to understand that there are three levels of feedback. You want to get to level one, but most of us are somewhere between level two and level three. 
So level three, that's the people, people pleaser feedback level. Okay, people pleaser feedback level. And that level is really about people just tell you what they want to hear. And as an executive, like this is a tricky space. Because one, a lot of people, they tell you what you want to hear because they believe that's really what you want to hear. Now, me, I don't want to hear what I want to hear. I don't want people around me just to tell me things because they believe that that's what I want to hear. I want real honest feedback. I want to know where people are at because that's how I can, I can utilize that information to judge how we move forward. But when people are just telling me what they believe that they want to hear, when they're judging their thoughts and not being open and honest just about what's coming up, that's not giving real data. It's all just made up stuff. And so that is not authentic. But the reason that people are only at a level three most of the time is because of how I react to feedback or, and I'm using myself as an example, but let's just say, let's just use our our kids because it's the easiest way to look at it in a family dynamic, but it's the same thing that's happening at work. So let's just say my kids are wrestling on the trampoline. They do this all the time. And one of them gets hurt. So one of them, like, let's just say they, they cut their leg. Okay. So not a bad cut, but they cut their leg and they come out of the trampoline and they're all frustrated. And if I run outside, I'm like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? I've asked you 50 million times not to wrestle on the trampoline. Do you think they're going to be willing to show me the cut on the leg and tell them, tell me that it really is hurting them. And it's something that we've got to get checked out. Probably not because they don't want mom to get mad at that. If you guys remember a few weeks ago, when uh, we were talking about Operation Underground Railroad and Hayden was on, Hayden Fall, and he talked about what was happening with the internet and uh, online trafficking. And he said that a lot of times the traffickers, they listen to the kids. And when the kid, they, they hear what the triggers are for the parents and they say, you don't want me to go tell your parents because they'll react this way. This is what I'm talking about. Level three feedback right here. If you haven't heard that episode, go listen to it. It's, 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 uh, crazy and powerful. And I goosebumps the entire show, but it's talking about level three feedback. And so if, if you're a person that at any point in your life has reacted in that way, which you know is all of us, then there are, you just get to know that there are people around you that are willing to sell out in their authenticity and just give you what you believe you want to hear. And so your job, if you want to get to level two or level one is interrupt that. Like you get to clear and say, I know up until now I've shown up in a way that you uh, may not, I may have reacted in a way to your feedback, but just know going forward that I'm going to react in a calm way. This is what you can expect of me and, and really do that. I mean, be that. And that's a practice. Okay. So call me if you want any tips on that. I have a much deeper conversation than we can go into in this moment, but it's really a practice of how to be neutral when you're hearing feedback. And so, so people are usually at level three because of how they've reacted in the past and they haven't cleared and they haven't done the work to understand how to be neutral. And so they stay at this level three. Then there's level two. Level two is like walking on a tightrope. And so that would be, ah, I may give, I may give honest, vulnerable feedback, but I'm not really sure because at that point, if I give honest, vulnerable feedback, I'm really weighing it against what the consequence might be. So I'm not really sure. It seems like it's okay. So sometimes you'll get honest feedback and sometimes you'll get people pleaser. So it's really a, you're not really sure. And, and the problem is with people pleasing feedback, you know, not to trust it because it's not authentic, but with your level two, some of it is authentic, but you can't really tell which is authentic and which isn't. 
Okay, so that's level two feedback. And again, the same thing that you do with level three, you can do with level two, clear the space saying up until now, I know I've reacted in, in anything but a neutral way, but going forward, this is what you can count on for me. And then be that, be neutral. But level one feedback, this is what we all want is open feedback. It's where they're going to say, this is what I'm seeing. This is my experience. This is what's coming up. And, and we, they know that when they give that feedback, that it's okay, that you'll receive it just as information. And so they're not going to have consequences for sharing feedback with you. You want level one feedback. It is so critical to your life and to your business. But most of us are really somewhere between two and three, somewhere between two and three. And so the goal is that we increase it. And there was a, another an executive survey that was done by McKinsey and it asked executives and said, where do you believe that you're at on the scale? And most of the executives said somewhere between one and two, but the reality is uh, when they actually surveyed their employees and said, how would you rate it? Which means how are they actually delivering feedback? Most of them, those same executives fell between two and three, which meant where we believe that we are and where we are are not the same space. So that was a really eye-opener when we could see that dichotomy of where we believe we are versus where we actually are. So a great way to see that when you say, well, what am I? You can survey. So I have a survey. We're releasing it in our five-day challenge today, but it's just a series of questions to understand where you're at. So you guys, we could talk way into more detail about this. But we're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to wrap up this whole show because we've talked about it, covered a ton of ground. All right, guys, you are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. Enjoy this quick break. And when we get back, we'll continue our conversation. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson. And you guys, today has been so fun talking about letting go of control and mastering the art of surrender. And we have gone all over the place in understanding what control and surrender really are and about how there's something underneath the control, but really understanding like why we create the behaviors that we do and thinking about as we reintegrate back into work, how that control isn't going to work. And we really get to focus on the art of surrender, surrender in how we receive feedback, surrender in how we show up and just really deep breath that whenever I'm in that space of control, remember, you can feel it in your body. You're exhausted, you're tense, your muscles are tired. If you had a great workout, then obviously it's explained by that. But, it, but with the exception of that, if you're feeling that tension in your body, there's really 
that control that's going on, that resistance. And so the surrender is the opposite of that. Surrender is very freeing. So when you're feeling it, to just deep breath in and out, and then think about what is it that I'm resisting? Where is that showing up in my life? And know that as we head into the next few months, we are all experiencing this resistance in some way because this is new. Okay. And so those of us that have studied surrender extensively, this has been my study for the last two years in this space of surrender, know that none of us have this figured out. There is no expert in the return to work or pandemic, you know, post-pandemic lifestyle, because the reality is we're not even post-pandemic yet. You know, whatever statistic you want to look at, are we better off? Yeah, maybe, I don't know. But the reality is, and I've said that a lot this show, the reality is that none of us have the the right answer. And so we are truly leading through this. We don't know what it's going to look like. But I'll tell you, I'm going to give you another example of the surrender. And this is something that's very real in my life. And it's something that really, it impacts this show. And so my producers, like, they know it's coming, but uh, I really want to share it with you today. So one of the things last, you know, April, May timeframe, I knew I wanted to be concrete and laser in my messaging. And uh, when the pandemic started, I had all kinds of work going on between all the businesses that we run, but my heart and soul was in the work of working with executives and entrepreneurs, really seasoned uh, executives and entrepreneurs that, that had reached a level of success in their life, but knew there was another level that they really couldn't attain. There was something else that they were meant to create and they just couldn't access it. Like, didn't know what it was. And the reason that that called for me is because that is me. That was me at multiple points in my life. And specifically at the end of 2017, I knew that I was meant to create something different, something greater in my life, but I couldn't tell what it was. And through surrender, so letting go of control, I sold my marketing firm at, to my, my business partner at the time. and. I stepped into this space where I didn't know what was coming, but I knew it was this incredible path and I committed to figuring it out. And so really being in that art of surrender. And so, so fast forward to the beginning of the pandemic, these are the people that I work with. This is what I love. And yet I committed to uh, this radio show to get my message really like tight and just, just grow my audience and all kinds of the reasons why you'd have a radio show on a podcast. And, uh, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to talk about, but at the time, because of the pandemic and uh, I've just been giving in all kinds of ways, I had a lot of people around me saying, how do I start a business? The people have been laid off. I just tons of people have been asking, how do I start a business? And I had started seven businesses. I've started, I've run seven successful businesses. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to create a show that's all about creating six figure plus businesses because that's what I know so well. And so I did that. And I had a profit launch club. Like I really started the foundations for that. And I did that from June, June 1st, this show first started and it ran through, it's obviously it's still running, but uh, about in the beginning of October, we were really talking about mechanisms and how we start these businesses and the process to go through. I even have a course. Like, you guys want that? It's totally available. And then in October, my mom died. And uh, then I got COVID. You know, I told this story over and over again. And I said to myself, I'm going to pop on the radio in my state of sickness, you know, whatever it is. I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to be there and be authentic and vulnerable and raw. And so I, the month of October, there were a lot of reruns because I was occupied in a lot of other ways. And then in November, uh, 
I popped on. And if you listen to those shows back in November, they're, they're raw. The first one back is about the lessons that we can learn from the dying. And it, just talk about the experience. It, the whole month of November, I was committed to just being vulnerable and like showing the, the dirty undies, the equivalent to walking up the stairs and showing you my like, opening up the underwear drawer and just saying like, this is who I am. This is who I care about. And as a result of that and being vulnerable, I really honed in on the messaging and, and back to what I really, really care about, which is we aren't promised another moment in this world. hundred percent we aren't. And we get to make the most of what's in this moment being present. And I know that the skills that I have are in showing executives and entrepreneurs, I mean, people in general, we're all people, but in really supporting those that are leading others. So uh, in how to live like there's no tomorrow and creating that passion and that joy and that excitement. So that is my space. That is where I go. I'm an advisor to CEOs. And so while I can absolutely have a great conversation about starting up businesses, it's not where my heart is. And so the show will shift at the end of this month into a a new version. We'll still have all these access to all these former shows, but we'll switch the branding. And so the new branding, so my producers, Jen and Christine, you guys haven't even heard this yet, Uh, but I just got the, got everything done except for the commercials. We still get to record commercials, but the actual branding, the way that it'll go, we went very basic. It's just, it's the Kathleen Reeson show, but the tagline, so it's, it's, the tagline is pushing the boundaries of leadership. So it's the Kathleen Reeson show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. So that is my title and tagline of the new show. And I'm really excited for how basic it is. In, and yet it means so much. It really is where I'm standing for. Of like, how, how do we actually look at leadership at, from a way of not just this kind of word up on a wall or something that we talk about, but really be it. How do we really transition and show it? And so that's where we're headed. Uh, the end of the month, we'll get everything worked out. And so it'll, everything will be updated and, and you'll see the new brand. But it's really about like, that is the essence of surrender, really leaning in to what's coming next, not knowing it, but being okay. If I would have waited for this moment, June 1st, we wouldn't have heard any of the shows, almost a year of shows until now. And so when I talk about the art of surrender, I really mean take a deep breath and trust what's coming up. Know that whatever it is, it's coming up for a reason and it's okay. But remember that this is a practice and be kind to yourself. And if you need a reminder of that, call me or email me. I'm super easy to get a hold of. And I will remind you. So thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Risa. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Would you like to be on the show or do you have a show idea? Go to KathleenReeson.com forward slash radio. Have a great week.